0: I'm Gregor Thompson, I'm a philosopher and a writer, and I know what the meaning of life is. Welcome to The Struggle. This episode is brought to you by the Struggle for Meaning newsletter. This is a weekly email newsletter that I send out for free every Sunday, a short article concerning the art of embracing struggle. I also send out tips, strategies, recommendations, such as movies, music, podcasts, and recipes to help along the way. To sign up completely for free, go to gregorthompson.com. The link will be in the show notes. Confirm your subscription and make sure you check your spam folder for your welcome newsletter. And add me to your contacts to continue to receive it in your inbox for free. And that's it. You're on your way to struggling more and being more productive, healthy and motivated. Now, let's go on with the struggle. This is episode two of The Struggle with me, Gregor Thompson. Now, if you haven't done so already, I would recommend watching or listening to episode one just to get an idea of what the struggle is and what you can expect from this weekly podcast. Since the first episode was centered around introducing the podcast, I thought episode two should be centered around introducing the host of the podcast, me. Because as much as this podcast is a guide to helping you, the listener, discover who you are, where you're unnecessarily suffering, and where you could be productively struggling more, it's also a guide for me. Like I said in the first episode, this is a journey of self-discovery for us both. And as you'll hear, I have suffered unnecessarily in the past. But with the help of embracing the struggle and looking inwardly, discovering who I am, how I've been behaving for the last 20 years, and how I can live productively and healthily, I've built strong habits and healed wounds. So let's start with the childhood. I was the younger of two. The pregnancy my mother had with me was a calmer one in comparison to my older brother. The birth was easier, meaning my parents were less stressed, meaning I came into this world in a less stressful environment than my brother did. This resulted in a loud brother and a quiet me. I was productive, even as a child, and spent a lot of my time in my room by myself, reading and writing, which led to an easy school life. My brother seemed to be the polar opposite. But what I've discovered through therapy and bringing the unconscious to the forefront is that I believed unconsciously that I shouldn't bring any more problems to the table that I was the calm, well-behaved and productive one. And so I internalised this identity to such an extent that if I was truly suffering as a child, I was to handle that myself because that's who I was. But the issue with this is that a child will not come up with a healthy way of dealing with their problems and emotions. So I then suppressed and distracted myself from my issues and emotions. Now, I want to make it clear that this identity that I internalised was a result of factors with anyone's control, including my own. I have extremely supportive and loving parents, but we can't control how stressful or stressless a mother's pregnancy will be, or how stressful or stressless our births will be. We can't control our temperaments or what we'll enjoy as children. And as children, we don't have the complex thought processes that we're capable of as adults. So if I was in my room by myself writing, I genuinely believed that I was great. And when my parents asked if I was okay, I would reply, great. And they would of course believe that because I believed it too. But something was building from within pressure to be productive, pressure to deal with problems myself, pressure to be as perfect as I can be. And when pressure builds on a child, there has to be some form of a release, some form of coping strategy to relieve some of that pressure, a distraction, a suppression of negative and what I deemed problematic emotions. Now I should mention that right around this time, the internet was becoming mainstream and internet pornography was becoming more and more accessible. I think you can see where this is going. A teenage boy who needs a way to suppress negative emotions so as to deal with his problems himself right at a time when internet pornography was growing exponentially. It's like a strange match made in heaven. I'm just thankful heroin wasn't accessible as pornography then. But like all addictions, pornography fills an evolutionary need. The need to be nourished. The need to feel love and connection. The need to survive. The problem with our modern societies is that these needs can be met, and then some, with hyper-social social media, super processed junk food, and exaggerated and fabricated forms of sex from pornography. So I began using pornography like every other teenage boy, but I was using it to distract myself from any problems I faced, I just wasn't conscious of it. Any confusing, painful, or negative experiences needed to be suppressed so as to deal with them and in order to continue being productive. Looking back, alcohol and other recreational drugs also served this purpose when I was old enough to partake. So for close to two decades, I unwittingly suppressed any confusing or distressing experiences with problematic behaviours. I was in this intense swing cycle between trying to be as productive and perfect as possible by exercising, writing, reading, and studying. And when I inevitably failed to be perfect, using unhealthy coping strategies and behaviors to break the fall of that supposed failure. So that's the unconscious cycle I built from a young age. And that's the mindset I occupied in my teenage years. But when I was 18, something big happened my older brother died in a motorcycle collision. And to give you an idea of how much I unconsciously believed in this mindset of when problems arise, I have to deal with the problems myself to be as productive as possible. I viewed the death of my brother as a problem that needed to be solved. And so on the surface, I dealt with his death admirably because I was dealing with it myself by ignoring and suppressing grief. But this most certainly is not a productive way to grieve. But that's what I did for close to 10 years. It'll be one decade this year since my brother's death and I'm finally embracing the struggle of acknowledging and discovering how I really feel about it and I'm finally grieving in a productive way. So that's a brief overview of my psychological history. What's going on beneath the surface And that's what no one knew or saw, including myself, up until this past year. So here's what people, including myself, saw on the surface. I have built many strong and productive habits over the last two decades. I exercise every day, I meditate most days, and I plunge myself into ice-cold water twice a week. I write my weekly email newsletter, The Struggle for Meaning, and I've written close to 100 issues, and I've never missed a week. I create and record this podcast every week, and I work in retail part-time to fund these creative projects. I have an undergraduate degree in journalism, a master's degree in digital society, and a master's degree in philosophy. My career goal is to write and record this podcast full-time, but this podcast will go on regardless of money. Because my fundamental goal is to help as many people as possible discover who they are and how they can be more productive and healthy individuals like I've done. I want to give people the experience of self-discovery because that's been the most meaningful experience of my life. It's not building strong habits, it's discovering who I am and how I've been behaving. I believe this podcast and my weekly email newsletter is the best zero-cost and accessible way to help as many people as possible. That's why the podcast and newsletter will always be free. I want to help people be aware of and control their behaviour in productive ways, to make pain work for them, not against them, to control their natural impulses and to encourage healing and growth. I want to help people replace destructive habits with healthy and productive ones and to discover where they are unnecessarily suffering, where they could be embracing productive struggles more and how they can find meaning and purpose. A meaningful life isn't the pursuit of happiness, but the acceptance of suffering and the embrace of struggle, because that's where growth comes from. The more you embrace productive struggles every day, the more capable you'll be when unpredictable suffering comes knocking at your door, like mental health issues and grief. That's the journey we're embarking on right now, We will reduce our suffering, become healthier people mentally and physically, and find meaning and purpose through productive struggles. The answer lies in the struggle. So keep on struggling. Just a few more things before you take off first thank you for listening it genuinely means a lot to see people listening to the content second if you're enjoying the content please subscribe or follow wherever you're listening that's the best way you can support the podcast you also have the option to leave me up to a five-star review which would also be very much appreciated and lastly keep on struggling